friends, welcome to the Inspired Podcast. The Inspired Podcast is designed to have relevant conversations centered around our everyday lives, looking through the lens of the Word of God. Life can be hard to navigate, especially as a Jesus-believing sister, mom, friend, or wife. We invite you to our table and hope that you're inspired to view God in bigger and more awe-inspiring ways as you walk this journey with Him. Today, we are talking about mentoring. We're talking about what is mentoring? Why should I mentor? So we dive into several scriptures talking about what is biblical about it. We're talking about what mentoring is not, how to become a mentor, if you're mentor material, if you're looking for a mentor, what do you need to ask yourself, how to find a mentor, all these things are included in this podcast, so listen in. Welcome back, Inspired Ladies. We are on... Season four, episode seven. Oh my gosh. Can you believe it? Seven. So seven. Excited. Such a biblical number, oh, too. Te- yes. Ooh. Seven's everywhere in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That w- you need to just, one day you need to like brief us all on why seven is a heavenly number. Oh, we'll have to do that sometime. <laughs> I bet the, the Bible Project probably has d- dug into that before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I love the Bible Project. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My brother actually texted me because he actually, or he said, what podcast do I look into to learn more about the Bible. I said the Bible project mm-hmm. and he texts me back not one month later. He said, I've listened to the whole, like all of the podcasts oh my on the Bible project. He's like, I listened to the whole Bible through the Bible podcast. Yeah. So yeah, that one's really good. A wealth of information. So if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check that mm-hmm. out. But welcome to season four, episode seven. We're glad you're here. I want to introduce someone really special that we have with us today and next week. And that is Sarah Spencer. Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hello. Tell us a little bit about Thanks yourself. Thanks for having me here. Um, I'm Sarah. I've been here at X Church uh, since this building opened. Um, been in church for a really long time, though. Um, I'm on the worship team here. I serve on the Inspire team. Uh, I have three daughters and married three little little daughters. Little girls. Four, two, and just turned one. Uh, so yeah, and you're also Megan's. I am Megan's sister, sister. <laughs> older sister. I was I older. walked the earth before her. <laughs> so. How much, what's the age between you guys? Uh, I think it's like 26, 25 or twenty six months, something like that. Okay. Two years. Yeah. So y'all are pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think people get you guys confused a lot. A lot. So this I, is I not Megan. It. This is Sarah. Because <laughs> I, I don't think we look alike, but everyone thinks we look alike. Yeah. I mean, you 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 have a lot of similarities. Right. You can tell you that you can sisters. tell that you're yeah. sisters, yeah. but the confusion between the two, I don't, I don't yeah. see. Mm-hmm. And I've also heard that we have the same voice. Yes, you do. Yes. So that should be really interesting to anybody listening <laughs> yeah. and not watching. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're not face. watching, if you're not, you don't normally watch, you need to just for a little while need to watch. Yes. So you can put yeah. a face with a voice with yes. Sarah and it's because it's not Megan. <laughs> not Megan. <laughs> so we're excited that she's here. We're actually, you know, we've been talking about topics that you guys have submitted mm-hmm. from last year's conference. Also a little side note about conference. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about conference. We've been talking a little bit about the conference, the beginning of each episode. May 6th. May 6th. Saturday, May 6th. Saturday, May 6th. You need to have it on your calendar. Just clear the day. You don't want to miss it. So what can we be expecting that day between the two of you? What, 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 you? what are you looking forward to? Let's talk about that. 
Oh, I am really looking forward to the workshops. Me too. Yep. That's what I was going to say. I didn't know if Are we could talk about them yet. <laughs> I feel like that's a very you thing. Like, right. you would probably love... You would I wish probably, I could sit in all of them. Yeah, you would probably, like, not go to the main sessions and just wish that you could go to all the workshops. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Sarah is a sponge. She loves absorbing information. She is very curious. Like, this is true. I just love that. That's my favorite thing about her is that she is. She will never stop learning. You will never stop learning, and I love that about you. Thank you. So workshops, they're going to be awesome. I think that we talk, talked a little bit mm -hmm. about it a few episodes ago. Um, we're going to be diving into the spiritual disciplines. Yes. And um, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Mm -hmm. um, well, I've been reading books on spiritual disciplines for a few years. Um, and have recently got back into them in preparation for this year's conference. And there's, there's so many, there's a lot, um, but they're so vital to growing in your faith because yeah. they, they, they help you, they help you encounter God in new and fresh ways every day. Mm -hmm. And really just to put it very plainly, a spiritual rhythm is just something that you're putting in into your schedule to encounter God. Mm -hmm. So whether that be prayer, fasting, worship, fellowship, um, simplicity, silence, silence, rest, mm -hmm. um, all these ways are things that we can have control in our lives mm -hmm. to implement into our schedule. And here's the great, the great thing. I think that I, this really speaks to me because I'm a doer. And so mm -hmm. like I'll make lists and, when I first started implementing spiritual rhythms, it was like, it was a checkbox for me. Like, did I pray today? Did I study today? Did I, <laughs> does that surprise you? No, you're rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> so when I first started doing that, it was so much of like, I, if I, if I do these things, then I will be a good Christian. Or if I mm -hmm. do these things, I, I will know God in a deeper way, which is true. Except for I made it so much about what I did rather than just being open and allowing God to meet me in those practices. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about spiritual rhythms. And we're going to be talking all about mm -hmm. those in our breakout sessions. I think spiritual rhythms workshops. always, to me, it's, it's always, it's like I'm making room for Jesus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. rather than um, checking a box because I, I can check all kinds of boxes all day long, but I have to be really deliberate about making room for Jesus in my day. Yes. Yeah. And here's the other thing that I love about him. Um, isn't God so good to, as as elusive as we can think he is at times, and at, like because we cannot see him, we cannot touch him, we cannot get a hug from him. Um, he's so good to give us ways to connect with him. Mm -hmm. And so for me, and I, I'm sure a lot of people, I want the physical, like I'm a, I'm a realist. So things that I can see, touch, feel, do, um, cause me to learn in deeper ways. But mm -hmm. this, implementing these things, these are actually things that I can control. I can make time in my schedule for prayer. I can make time in my schedule for fasting. Right. And God promises to meet us there mm -hmm. when we invite him and when we welcome him in. So spiritual rhythms, spiritual disciplines, whatever you want to call them, those are going to be the workshops that we're going to be having at this year's conference. So go ahead and sign up um, on our website. Yes. Church forward slash inspired 2023 and you'll find out all the information on that website it will kick you to a registration page you're going to want to register before the early bird ends which oh, is soon definitely save some money yeah it's going to be march 25th is when early bird ends so 
be sure to register before then. Mm -hmm. But like I was saying, that was a really long way of saying what we're going to be talking about today. Um, So last year, you guys, like we've been saying all of the episodes previous to this one is we had you guys text in topics that you wanted to be talked about on this podcast specifically. We've tackled several of them. We've grouped a lot of them Mm -hmm. together um, because a lot of them kind of go together. And so we're trying to hit most of them. The one uh, that we're going to be talking about today is one that I just like champion with all my being and I love it. So I'm loving that we're going to be having this discussion today, but it's on mentoring. And so we have talked about this in the beginning days of Inspired Mm -hmm. because to be honest, the Inspired, like the name of Inspired came out of like a passage that we're going to be talking about in this, but it had a lot to do with mentoring because a, a big part of my story was that I was mentored as a teenager and then I got the opportunity to mentor once I became a young mom, those underneath me. And now I'm also being mentored again by someone who is like t- 30 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful cycle and has been one of the most rich things that has grown my faith um, and helped me to connect more to Jesus. So we're going to be talking about mentoring and I asked Sarah to come on because tell like tell us your take on mentoring, your background in mentoring. Ha- have you been mentored? Are you mentoring anybody? That whole thing. Okay. Um, background on mentoring, new to me in the last few years. Um, it's not something that I really grew up understanding or thinking twice about or um, even realizing that it was happening around me. Um, it makes me excited that the people in this church want to hear about it because I think it's so important and so special. And I do think that it's happening a lot less than it should be happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, um, it's something where, um, we're building the body of the church. Um, because you know, we're, we're not trying to, as a mentor, um, create disciples of ourselves. We're always trying to create disciples of Jesus. Um, it was a command. We were told go, um, you know, Jesus told his disciples, go create disciples. And Mm -hmm. so I think that it's so important. I think it's lost. Um, I think it can be really beautiful. Um, and it can be humbling Mm -hmm. and there's so much fruit that can come out of it. Um, so yeah. So are you being mentored right now? Yes, I am in a couple different ways. I think that, um, there's a few different things that you can think about ahead of time. Um, you know, mentoring can look so different depending yeah. on um, the mentor, depending on the mentee, depending on um, your air, like your phase of life, or your mm-hmm. stage of life. Um, and you know, plainly, you can go ask someone, "Will you mentor mm-hmm. me?" And I did that before I really knew anything about mentorship. It was just something that I felt like um, I was seeking growth, and um, it was a way to find that and receive help with that. Um, you can also just kind of like watch people around you and there's a lot more like informal, uh, mentorship in this way is just finding people around you that are a little bit ahead of you in life, mm-hmm. um, that you, you ag- admire their life, the way that they live and the way that they walk with Jesus. And you can kind of just pull nuggets from the way they live mm-hmm. and almost like mimic certain things. Um, and it's just a really good way to kind of like walk along someone who's been there, done that potentially mm-hmm. and um, have someone just kind of help guide you. I like that you said mimic yeah. because like I said, we talked a lot about 
um, when we first started Inspired, we talked a lot about where did Inspired come from. Mm -hmm. And um, there was one day I was reading in 1 Thessalonians, and it was in chapter 1, verse 3. And um, in there it says, We remember your work produced by faith, labor prompted by love and endurance, inspired by hope in Jesus Christ. So what what, what was happening here was... um, 1 Thessalonians, that was Paul, right? Mm-hmm. He was talking to the church at Thessalonica mm-hmm. and he was telling them, hey, we, I've seen your works from a distance because like what had happened is that they had learned about Jesus and they had started putting into practice Jesus's teachings. And Paul was encouraging, encouraging them and exhorting them saying, you're doing a great job. We can see the fruit that's coming out of your life because like we're seeing your works and we, we know that we know it's rooted in Jesus Christ. And he also said, and we love seeing your endurance inspired by Jesus Christ, yeah. because like you were saying, we're not making disciples of ourselves. We're mm-hmm. making disciples of Jesus and becoming a disciple or like being discipled in Jesus. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about it on Sunday mornings is that we're going to be discipled somehow, mm-hmm. some way yeah, by culture. Right. Yeah. Um, what we see, our environments, we're going to be discipled by that. So what does it look like to intentionally be discipled, mm-hmm. inspired by Jesus? And so, like you said, mimic, um, because, in verse six through eight, it says, you became imitators of us the, and the Lord and welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy. Then the Lord's message rang out from you. So like, there's a few things that are happening here. Like Paul is saying, because you mimicked us mm-hmm. and you copied us and you became imitators of us, you were actually becoming Im- imitators of the Lord because we're doing what Jesus has sent right. us to do, and we're becoming imitators of you, therefore Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and then he talks about like that you welcomed the message in, mm-hmm. in suffering. So like their culture was a pagan culture and they were not followers of Jesus in the area that they were living in. And he was saying, I commend you because you are like in the midst of suffering and persecution for, mm-hmm. for following Jesus. You are welcoming the message. And then what it says is then the Lord's message is ringing out from you. Yeah. And so that's really a lot of where inspired come mm-hmm. from. So to your point, what you're talking about is mimicking mm-hmm. as important as, you know, having a personal relationship with Christ can be. It's, there's also a lot to be said about mimicking, like finding someone yeah. that you really admire because you see the light of the Lord in them and they're walking out the principles of truth that we found in scripture. And you're like, I, there's something like, I want to be kind of like mm-hmm. them. And I feel like sometimes like a fire, if Jesus is the fire, like we can feel the warmth coming off and the closer we get to the source, like the more we're going to become like the more, mm-hmm. the more warm we're going to get. And so sometimes I think of like with mentoring, like, coming close to a source that has the radiance of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the thought that was coming to me while you were talking is that um, so often, especially I think in our Western culture here in the United States, is that we think that we need to do it all on our own. Mm-hmm. That whole Very individual, in, individual, independent, mm-hmm. um, you know, I should be able to figure it all out. And and instead of saying that God has put us in community, that we are a body, that we're supposed to be together, we are supposed to be learning from one another. And um, rather than just saying or just coming on a Sunday and listening to a great message and think that's how I'm going to grow. 
Right. And when that isn't the only way, yes, you need to do that because that's community and that's something that's important. But there is something, especially I think for women, because we are so very relational, to have that kind of uh, a relationship with a mentor, to mentor someone else. It is such a special, special gift. It is. It is such, I mean, it is like, um, you know, you, you just don't understand how valuable it is until you've experienced it in either way. Yeah. You know, I know for myself, I was, um, as a brand new Christian in my early 20s, um, I had several women, they were probably, they were like maybe in their mid-30s or so, and they had families, they had kids and stuff like that. I didn't at that time. And... I just would go and spend time with them. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. in their homes. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying. So it wasn't like a Bible study. Mm-mm. Just like, like you were saying about imitating, you know, I could watch them and, and see how they parented, to see how they interacted with mm-hmm. their husbands, to see, you know, all those kinds of things. And in the context of it, to see how their faith just like all mixed into it, was permeated into it. It's like, oh, so, because I was, like, clueless about a lot of things. I was like, oh, so this isn't just, like, on Sunday. Oh, this is, I this love is, that. You You're know, seeing it walked out through right, the week. Right, you see it walked out, and it's it's like um, I'm, I'm a real visual learner, and so for me to, like, read, this is how you do something, does not do me any good. <laughs> you, so you don't like instruction manuals? You like no. IKEA instruction manuals? I need pictures. <laughs> no. Likes Nobody <laughs> likes IKEA's instruction <laughs> manuals. All right. I shouldn't have said that. There's okay, probably I somebody have, who does. I do have something to say is my oldest son, like that's like his, that's the thing he loves doing is he loves reading instruction manuals. Like he will pick up any instruction manual around the house, games, like tools, anything, and he'll just read them. And then he, t- he knows how they work. I'm like, there's a gift somewhere. Yeah, there. I was going to say that's not, but I can't figure out how to do something. Now, you give me a YouTube video or some uh-huh. watch somebody mm-hmm. then and actually see it, then I'm fine. So I think that's, you know, for me especially, it's like, yeah, I could read a book about parenting. Mm-hmm. I could read a book about, you know, spiritual disciplines or whatever. But when I'm in an, a relationship with someone who is doing those things, it, that has it so much more yeah. impact on mm-hmm. me. I think um, it's really important to, as a mentor, to allow someone to see um, you on a regular day and in your regular life. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like you're saying, um, being realistic and being real with someone and allowing someone to see that in you um, can really help prevent uh, comparison, which I think is super common. I mean, at least for me and I'm pretty introspective, but, um, you know, I've been a Christian my whole life. I haven't been a Jesus follower my whole life. Um, and when that kind of happened for me and things turned around and changed for me and I really started seeking Jesus in everything that I do, um, it, it became very easy to compare myself to people who have done it for years. And, mm-hmm. and it, like the questions like, what does this look like outside of church? Like you're saying, Janice, what does this look like when I'm doing the things that I have to do because I'm a human and I need to make or money like and I need to pay for my house. kids? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially like, you know, when, when, yeah, I mean, that's a great example, but I think it's, um, it's just really special to allow someone to see 
that it might not look exactly the way that they think that it should look. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like I I tend to be like a daydreamer as well. And I think that I limit myself a lot when I get kind of caught in that and think that something should look a certain way. I also limit God um, and what his plan is for my life. If I, you know, I'll never be able to plan something for myself better than he can plan it for me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just good to kind of have like a wide open vision and view of what, um, things look like in someone that might be a little bit older and wiser. And, and like as a mentor, letting someone in and see that, seeing that part of you, um, I think that actually fosters growth on both behalves. Yeah. Let me pause there and ask you about, cause you and I have talked before about hospitality and like a big part of mentorship is hospitality. And like, I remember you like asking, like feeling that God was asking you to like be hospitable, like whether that was the way that you appear to people or how you open up your house. Mm -hmm. What have you, I guess like, what have Mm -hmm. you learned? How, how does hospitality in your mind fit into mentorship? Um, you know, I don't necessarily mentor someone, um, super formally. Um, but I would like to think that in day to day people can pull things from our conversations or Mm -hmm. like in passing from me that they think looks like Jesus. That's ever like, that's the goal, right? It's like, that's everyone's goal is, um, to look more and more like Jesus. I hope that people see that in me. Um, and I hope that I can kind of like give little bits of, of, um, encouragement just in my day to day walk to other people who Mm -hmm. are not where I'm at. Um, but, um, you know, God really did do like a work in me, um, because I feel like in my past and it's never been how I feel on the inside, but on the inside or on the outside, I feel like I've definitely looked unapproachable and it's like RBF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think we all do. not my heart. It has I never been my heart. It means it, it really plays in a lot to how you, how people approach you. I've learned that because I'm a thinker and like, I'm always analyzing what's going on around me. And I'm like, I just want to put pieces together in my head and I have this face on like, what are you doing? Yes. And we're the same. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to be like that. Yeah. I think that's, um, I, you know, that is so true. About I, I, think you're thinking about about the I have to consciously like, oh think about like, okay, smile. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I'm like so yeah. happy, go lucky on the inside and positive and enthusiastic. But like you said, my wheels are always turning and on the out, I have to check myself. And that's something that I didn't even know that I did. And that's what God does is he tells you <laughs> what you do that you need to stop doing or what you need to change. He will reveal things to you that you are blind to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that's something that I've really been working on. So if you ever see me in public and I'm not looking very nice, like, I, I apologize. <laughs> like I am on the inside. Yes. I, uh, I'm sorry, but I, you know, I'm working on it. Another, um, you know, going back to the whole uh, being hospitable thing, that's just a word that God put on my heart and, um, you know, I You're probably learning a lot more, like continuing to learn a lot about mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yes. I, I followed through with, um, that nudge to just kind of like figure out why, why I'm thinking about that so much. And, um, I'm deeply like personal, like my whole life tends to be, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm home a lot. I'm a homebody. My home is like my place. And, um, yes. And so letting people in, 
is difficult for yeah. me. Um, and not just my, in my front door, but like just even in my life on a deeper yeah. level. And I think that, um, you know, kind of going back to the point we made about like as a mentor, being realistic and um, letting someone see, you know, not feeling like you have to have it all together before mm -hmm. someone can start watching you because that's yeah. going to you're never gonna, potentially yeah, hurt nope. the mentee. Like, yeah. you know, um, and we keep throwing around this word mentor, mentee. Mentee, it's not, think it, of mentee. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be so formal. This is something that just like can really occur in everyday life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think everyone just keeping it real um, on both sides Keep it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> is going to benefit both parties. You're right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I like, um, Sarah, what you were talking about, hospitality, because I think when I hear that word, the first thing I think of is having a party Brownies. at my house. Yeah, brownie, or, or taking a plate of cookies or something to my neighbor <laughs> or, you know, the, that sort of thing of, you know, having people over, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I just really like that you, you know, that what God has shown you is it's much bigger than that, mm -hmm. that it's being, like you said, being approachable, mm -hmm. being open, that people feel like in a way in your presence, which is, you know, hopefully you're bringing the presence of Jesus to them, that they're, they're home, they're at home there too. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's really, I think, so foundational to um, any kind of mentoring relationship um, you know, to be able also to say, you, as you're talking, you know, with one or I, the women that, um, that, um, that I mentor and that I have mentored in the past are, um, our thing is usually, you know, we meet for coffee and we sit and talk mm -hmm. and we, you know, and those sorts of things. And, um, there's times when I can just say, you know, let me, you know, we talking a little bit out of our week or something of just saying, you know, God really wanted me to do this and I didn't you know, to share with that person that, you know, I'm not, I miss it too. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not perfect. Yeah. And, um, but you know, I have learned a few things, but boy, I still maybe struggle with this and this takes a little bit longer for me to come through. And, um, you know, I was thinking when we start talking about this subject, um, I was thinking about there's a scripture in Titus too, mm -hmm. which again is another letter. And, um, and it's to me, it's always been the one that is like the basis of women mentoring other women. And I'm reading it out of the message because I kind of like the way mm -hmm. Eugene Peterson wrote this. And so this is Titus 2. And this is, well, you know how it is. They group the verses together. Three through five. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, mm. okay, guide older women into lives of reverence so that they end up as neither gossips nor drunks, but models of goodness. By looking at them, the younger women will know how to love their husbands and children, be virtuous and pure, keep a good house, be good wives. We don't want anyone looking down on God's message because of their behavior. And that's, and that's yeah. the thing is that, um, again, it's that, that watching. Yeah. That I wrote down the message that says, by looking at, at them, them mm -hmm. the younger women will know. Mm -hmm. Like those... Yeah. Those words right there should be enough biblical basis for any of us to at least be open to the idea of mentoring or mentorship. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to, I had one more um, Bible reference because I, I wanted to give three Bible references mm -hmm. to like, kind of like, where is, where is, you know, mm -hmm. mentoring biblical. Mm -hmm. So um, Malachi 4, 6, this is talking about genera generational relationships. So in here it's talking about um, child, parent, but just 
if we back out, that's a generational relationship. And that's really where a lot of mentorship happens is like, like you said, older and wiser have gone through more experiences in life, things like that. But in, um, Malachi, it says, count on it. The day is coming, raging like a forest fire. All the arrogant people who do evil things will be burned up like stove wood, burned to a crisp, nothing left but scorched earth and ash, a black day. This is the message. But for you, sunrise, the sun of righteousness will dawn on those who honor my name, healing radiating from its wings. You will be bursting with energy like colts frisky and frolicking, and you'll trump on the wicked. There'll be nothing but ashes under your feet on that day. God of the angel army says so. Remember and keep the revelation I gave through my servant Moses, the revelation I command at Horeb for all Israel, all the rules and procedures for right living. So here it goes. But also look ahead. I am sending Elijah, the prophet, to clear the way for the big day of God, the the decisive judgment day. He will convince parents to look after their children and children to look up to their parents. If they refuse, I'll come and put put the land under a curse. So what he's saying is he's talking about there will be a day where you will live, well, you will, you will live amongst sin, brokenness, corruption. I think we're there. I mean, Uh like we've always really been Mm -hmm. there. Um, And he's saying, just wait because I'm sending ahead of you, Elijah. And like Elijah was a Jesus figure in the Old Mm -hmm. Testament. And he's saying, I'm sending ahead of you because there will be radiance and I'm going to cause the generation before to look onto the younger generation. And I'm going to cause the younger generation to look up to the older generation. If there is anything that I see the enemy at work in, in our world today is divisiveness mm-hmm. turning people and gender like how yeah. many times do we say oh it's just a generational thing mm-hmm. like how many times do we say like oh that just like that just must have been in your generation or right. how we divide yeah. generations into subcategories which i think there's a lot of benefit in that there's a lot of like studying and social things that can be learned out of that but think about even how that language divides mm-hmm. i mean like it causes us to like land in camps mm-hmm. but what this was prophesying was the, the older and the younger generations will work together in tandem to strengthen the name of Jesus. Right. And so that is a, like those three reference, references in scripture are great places to start. Titus, first Thessalonians and Malachi. Yeah. So let me, let's transition into what mentoring is and what it's not, because there are, there are a lot of things on both sides. So what are your gals thoughts on like what it, Okay, let's start with what it's not, because we've talked a little bit about what it is. Mm-hmm. But what is mentoring not? Um, I would say that it's not a, a, a relationship where you have somebody telling somebody else what to do mm-hmm. and yeah. making decisions for them. Yeah, I think we already kind of touched on this, too, but it's not... Um a repl- uh, finding a mentor is not a replacement for God in your life. It's not a replacement mm-hmm. for spending time in God's word. Um, and I, I heard this too, that I want to share. Um, a mentor's responsibility is not to discern the sins of a mentee yeah. because a lot of people can discern sin Yeah, is to discern the gifts of a mentee yeah. and help build them up and kind of help them forge their way in um, mm-hmm. growing and becoming That's more good. like Jesus. Um, because just like you were saying, both parts play a role in building the church at that point. Um, so, you know, you have the older generation pouring into the younger generation, the younger generation coming up and being the future of the church. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it's not. Uh, I don't, I don't think a mentor is not like a babysitter, a mom, a counselor, a sister, like, 
I mean, sister in Christ, but I think that, I mean, Pastor Tim, he, as he's going through this series that he has been in for a little while at our church, talked about, um, I think it was on the podcast, actually, how he talked about as a pastor, his job is not to come in and point out the sin in your life. His job as a shepherd is to come alongside you, to give you guardrails and scripture to say, here's what scripture says about it. Mm-hmm. Now you wrestle with that with mm-hmm. God. Cause right. I, it's not, I'm wrestling for you and I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. like, right. that's right or wrong. Like it's almost equipping the person to have the resource. Cause they have everything at their fingertips that you do right. as right. a mentor and a mentee. They have every, they have access to God mm-hmm. exactly like you do. So why can't like, you know, if you have these experiences that God has grown you through, let the mentor or the mentee have the same experiences with God, but just give them like a, Hey, when I was in that part of my life, like I prayed, like try praying a prayer like this Mm -hmm. or just asking Mm -hmm. God to reveal. I think the tendency I know for me and being a mom is like correcting. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not what a mentor is there for. Yeah. I heard also that, um, in this type of relationship, a mentor is like a strong, sturdy tree, Mm -hmm. um, old tree, tall, grown, strong, rooted. And a mentee is more like a new tree that's newly planted, bends in the wind, young, fragile. And it's like the young tree being tethered to the strong tree Mm -hmm. and the strong tree to help it grow up straight. The strong tree at that point does nothing but stand beside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they don't there it's not their responsibility to grow the immature tree. Um only God does the growing, but to Mm -hmm. stand beside that young yeah. immature I think tree. of like I was just out in our backyard uh, a couple of days ago and saw a stake driven in next to a tree because the tree the tree actually grows sideways a lot of times like especially in in our area because like up, up in Ohio the sun like our the sun the don't even make me explain this <laughs> I don't the know the zenith of the sun is Yep. Well, okay. Anyways, it changes through the seasons. It and does. Yes. And so what and I'm saying is like the, we, have, we have a lot of trees <laughs> that grow sideways and there was a stake that was stronger than the tree yes. driven into the ground and it was tethered to the stake in order for it to grow straight and mm-hmm. upright. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was trying to say, <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> Good it was job. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're right. And I think that, that that's a beautiful imagery to um, what a mentor is, and in my experience in being mentored, and this is what I love is that my mentor currently, I, if I ask her like, and if we are like talking through a certain thing like, and I I honestly sometimes like, what would you do? Like, I'm, we're not saying that you can't ask them what you right, would do. Right. But first and foremost, she points me straight back to Jesus. She points mm-hmm. me to scripture. Mm-hmm. She prays for me, mm-hmm. um, with me and without me. And she just gives me the, re- like, she'll give me articles. She'll give me videos. She'll give me quotes to ponder on mm-hmm. because she probably knows what I should choose, but she doesn't explicitly right. say it because she lets me figure it out because like we were saying like it's it's so much more sticky mm-hmm. when you can experience it mm-hmm. instead of like just telling them you should do this because the bible says this mm-hmm. and so a mentor is a great person to give resources to point in the right direction and then let them make the choice and learn from it and grow in it because mm-hmm. we can't grow 
for someone else's. No. On someone else's behalf. Yeah. It doesn't. If we do, it's not going to last long. Right. No, because it would be the same thing as, you know, uh, kids. If you make their lunch from the time they're little (laughs) until they graduate (laughs) from high school, you're stunning their growth in that area, right? right? Because they need to learn how to pack their own lunch. So if you, in working with someone, you know, being a mentor, that you are just like, okay, do this. No, don't do that. Walk this way. Instead of just saying, let's talk about this and all the options or whatever and, and giving them truth and all, then you're just, you know, you're just packing their lunch for them forever. Yeah. And you just don't want to do that because we, you know, we want everybody to grow in Jesus, to become more like Yeah, him. that's what I was going to say. It's usually well-meaning mm-hmm. because I can think like for my kids, I actually read a book this book is amazing, but, um, it's called the coddling of the American mind. And I just finished it and it was talking about a lot of it has to do with like parenting. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about, it even explicitly said, if you have a 10 year old and you're still cutting their meat, maybe it's time to give the knife over to them. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) I definitely still cut my 10 year old, my 12 year old meat just because I'm like, I don't want them to have to deal with it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't cost me any right. much time or and like, it's like, it helps everything get on the dinner table mm-hmm. quicker. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I told them they come over and said, guess what? I'm not cutting your meat anymore. And they're like, what? And I'm like, you're cutting your own meat now. <laughs> and they were like, oh my gosh, okay. I love it. <laughs> and so I like set a fork and a knife down. While I'm like, you get to cut your own meat now. And they're like, I don't really like cutting my meat. And I'm like, See, because it was, it was well-meaning for me. Right, like, yeah. right. And we still have a seven-year-old, so I cut his meat. But, I mean, it was well-meaning. I just didn't want them to have to deal with it. It doesn't cost me anything. I'll just do it for you. Mm-hmm. But as I heard this being played over this audiobook, I was like, yeah. Uh, there's so many times that we insert ourselves into people's life, telling them what we think they should do because out of love, we want to mm-hmm. guide them mm-hmm. and show them the right direction. But in the end, it ends up stunting their growth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important to keep in mind, too. Um, You you know, as a mentor, um, that you really want to help tune a mentee's mind to God's voice, not to your own voice. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in time, they're going to learn what God sounds like to them and how he speaks to them, because that's individual Mm -hmm. and personal. Um, And I think that if you can just allow the room for someone to learn that and kind of understand that on their end. And I think, uh, secrets out, Jess is my mentor, but (laughs) I think the first time we went to dinner, I had this like thought I had been like kind of ruminating on this and I like to see things through. So I was like, I, I just kind of realized that I'm never going to, this is never going to end. Like I'm never going to (laughs) stop and just like arrive and be done growing. (laughs) Sanctification will be and learn it all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going, this is going to keep going until the day. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I'm like, now that makes me like excited. Mm -hmm. But in that moment I was like, all right. So like God kind of like picked me up and said, let's go. Cause we're like, things are going to change for you and you're just going to have to like get with it. And I was like, okay, let's go. Let's like, let's do this. I guess <laughs> things are going to look different to me. Um, but I think that, you know, that's something that as we go on and mature as a Christian, um, the more kind of tuned in to God's voice and um, 
thoughts about us and plans for us and um, what he's speaking to us in any given moment, that becomes more clear. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's just a good way to keep that in mind and just help them kind of like figure that out on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So I have a question then this just popped into my head. So are we saying that as you walk with Jesus, that um, at some point in your life, every, every, everyone should be a mentor? That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. Cause my next kind of throw it out there was going to be, how do you become mentor material? Mm hmm I think crickets. Can I, can I talk about it? Yeah, you can talk um, about it. I think one important factor is, uh, I mean, I guess I, we don't necessarily have to jump into this yet, but when looking for a mentor um, is looking for someone who also is being mentored potentially and knows that they're also not done and that they also mm. need guidance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because if you... There's a lot to be said when you have the knowledge of like, I'm not done yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because that means that you're still like, you're still teachable right. and we need yeah. to be teachable until we go to the grave. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually what drew me to the person who mentors me now is she's, uh, I don't I actually don't know how old she is. I think upper sixties, but she is the most curious, hungry learner that I think I've ever known. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that that's what really attracted me to her was like, I want to be that when I'm that age. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like I have it figured out. I don't want to be a stick in the mud and be in my ways. I want to be moldable and I want to be fluid so I can be shaped by who Jesus wants me to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she just has never stopped doing that. And I think that that's so important. You're right with finding a mentor. But I guess to your point, I think that we are commanded as Christians to become disciplers yeah and so i think that I, that might not be mentor mm -hmm. but disciple and mentor are very close i feel yeah. like discipleship is more of like a almost a position of teaching um and it can be like just in the like in the da daily rhythms of life but i think mentorship is a little bit more intentional um mm -hmm. whether it's with like a small group of people or just one-on-one -on -one. but i do think that we are called to become disciples and then be disciplers. Mm -hmm. So oh, to a certain yeah. extent, then yes. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I think that it was uh, the great commit. I mean, it was like one of the last things he ever said, right? Mm -hmm. Go and make disciples. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I read that in the message translation as well. It says, go out and train everyone you meet um, far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, father, son, and spirit, then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day, after day, right up to the end of the age. Mm. I like that day after, yeah, after day, day. After day. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I like that. I like that a lot. I, and I, I do think that, I think that, um, when we've, when we are growing as we're following Jesus, if we just hold it on to ourselves, yeah, I, th I think that's really, in a way, it's selfish. Mm -hmm. um, actually, it is selfish, but also, too, it, it, it cuts you off from a blessing. Yeah, mm, that's very true. You and know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But also, um, I think sometimes maybe the hesitation is that, well, what do I have to offer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was say. Let's talk about the barriers of yeah. becoming a mentor. Because mm -hmm. to be honest, 
there was a long period of time in my life, I would say probably a good seven or eight years that I was not, I just didn't think Mm -hmm. that I was qualified to even disciple someone. So Mm -hmm. like that, that lie got real deep into my soul because Mm -hmm. that's from the enemy. I mean, like if Jesus is the Lord of my life and he's commanded us to go and make disciples, then somewhere along the way, I started believing in a lie that I was unqualified Mm -hmm. to disciple others. Mm -hmm. And so I had to retrain my thinking and retrain my mind into knowing that I, because I have the gift of Jesus, I have that gift to give to other people. And why would, like you said, why would I hold it to myself? Mm -hmm. There's no benefit in that. Right. And so I think that we have people all the time that I, that I've even talked to that said like, well, I can't, like, who am I? Like, I've got a messed up this, like messed up this. Like, so here's, they can go both ways. Everyone has a story. Everyone has, mm. it's up to them if they share their story. Um, and like, like going back to the hospitable aspect, becoming a mentor takes a vulnerability, a, a certain extent of vulnerability. Yeah. Because you're saying, whatever I've learned from Jesus, it's, for you to see. Yeah. And that's, that's a really special place <laughs> mm-hmm. because there like, there are things that you might relate to with certain people that like, I've never talked about that in my story. I know that God's redeemed that. Mm-hmm. And I know that God's the God of that in my story, mm-hmm. but I've just never had the opportunity to share it or tell it. And so like, a lot of times we become apprehensive because we're like, number one, that's m- part of my story. And number two, like I'm, I, I don't know if I'm right in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's disarm that and say, everybody, if you, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have what it takes and you are equipped with the tools and resources that you need to become a mentor one day. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying now. Right. So let, let's talk about some things like what, like what, what does it, what is it like to become mentor material? Like, what are the qualifications? I would say, number one, first and foremost, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about mentorship in the Christian context, because I think that mentor is a word that's used outside of Christian circles, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, Like a life coach, things like that. But Mm -hmm. if we're talking about raising a disciple up to know Jesus, like a qualification would be, yes, you do have to, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And like, I Mm -hmm. like how you said, I've been a Christian my whole life. I haven't followed Jesus my whole yeah. life. There's a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a daily walk and a daily encounter mm-hmm. with yeah. Christ. Yeah. What else would you guys say? Um, I think there needs to be some maturity in life. Mm-hmm. And that and maturity doesn't necessarily mean age, mm-hmm. necessarily. Right. Experience. You know, it's experience um, and maturity in walking through things. I mean, you can be... 50 years old and be immature. Yeah. You know, you can be 25 and be mature, you know. So I think that that's a, a, a hallmark and not just, not just, you know, mature in your faith in some ways, but also just mature as a person. Right. Um, I think life experience always helps. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, I mean, someone who's in their 20s and doesn't have children can't really, you know, mentor someone who has kids because there isn't that similarity but someone who's in their 30s who has gone through the the baby stages and the toddler stages and now their kids are elementary age and you can very 
you know, could mentor someone who's younger, whose kids are little, and just say, okay, number one, you're not going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Number two, mm-hmm. you're going to survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, those well, kinds I even of things. think of like college, high school. Yes, because I was I was mentored in in high school by someone that's 11 years older than me, mm-hmm. so not much more life ex- well I take the back she had a lot more life experience she had to do some growing up some like really quickly in her childhood but she um let me just say this too experience counts for a lot but healing counts for more yes because I think yeah, that we really can have good. experiences mm-hmm. but so a lot of times we don't take the time or the interest to heal yeah. those experiences mm-hmm. and come mm-hmm. out on the other side with Jesus locked hand in hand with Jesus mm-hmm. to say, I survived this because of right. God's grace in my life. Right. So I think that just be aware that experience doesn't always measure up to wisdom. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, I think another thing is, is, um, demonstrating godly character in all areas of life. Yeah. And I know that sounds like a high bar, mm-hmm. but, to be honest, I mean, like we're, we're called as Christians to, to be a reflection of who Jesus is. And that doesn't mean we get, please hear me, does not mean that you get it right 100% of the time. But what it does mean is that you show humble character and a repentant heart mm-hmm. when you are wrong mm-hmm. and when you do sin and right. when you are out of line. Mm-hmm. So I think that shows the heart of God is when we turn from ourselves and put our focus back on Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that is showing godly character in all areas. Right. And just, and being interested too in where you might not be doing yeah. that yeah. and asking God consistently. Your blind spots. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also show. why it's important to continue to be mentored through mm-hmm. fa- like right. different phases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, kind of what you were alluding to of of people being you know constantly growing and learning but being teachable yourself always that it that if you run into someone who comes across like they have arrived (sighs) beware that's a red flag don't just don't (laughs) for sure yeah be humble yeah i mean because none of us have arrived and none of us will until we see Jesus face to face. I mean, we are constantly growing and constantly learning more about him because, you know, he's just, um, you know, totally immense and so much to learn. Mm -hmm. So that's you, for you to be a, a mentor, that has to be part of your life is that, I just, yeah, I know this. I, I've experienced this. I've been healed of this. I know this much, but man, there's so much more. Yeah. And I am running after that and I'm pursuing that mm. because I just want to grow and know him more. I want to learn about my pride. I want to learn how to, you know, be a better servant. I need all of those things. And to be able to, um, you know, sit with someone, whether, you know, if you're being mentored to share your, your, your journey but then, on the other hand, share that journey with someone um, who you're mentoring is is very valuable. And, and in doing that, it spurs you on to say, okay, I, I need to keep moving. Mm-hmm. I need to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I would say that's very vital. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and that's part of back to the hospitality. You're, you're willing to use the story that God wrote in your life mm-hmm. to translate to someone else's story so God gets the glory in their story, too. Yeah. Right. I would, I, I feel like I can say this bluntly because I am, <laughs> am, have experienced it and, and still walk through it. But I think that to, um, 
in order to be able to mentor someone, you have to be willing to um, have grown through or to continue growing through any shame in your past. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, um, you need to be okay with it being about God and not about you. Mm -hmm. And so anything that may um, come up in conversation or something that God wants to use from your past to help grow someone else, um, you know, you need to be able to set aside embarrassment, guilt, shame. Mm -hmm. And those are things that I think people work through probably, I mean, probably their whole life, life, you know, Mm -hmm. but there needs to become a time where you're willing to say, it's not about me. I, as long as I look like you, I don't really care how else I look. You know, I don't really mm-hmm. care if I'm going to be judged for this or that. Not not to say you're in a mentorship relationship with someone who's going to be judging you, but they're looking at you. Um, and so, you know, for me, I've had to get to a point where I'm like, okay, like I've done some things. I have some shame that I'm working through. And if someone's going to be able to learn from me and see me mm-hmm. who I really am and who I've been and who I've become, um, these are things that they might need to know about me or be able to learn from my past. And it's okay because it's not about me. It's about your glory. Yeah. And that's what God does in our shame. Like he takes our shame and he turns it into Mm -hmm. something good. Mm -hmm. And that is a testimony to something only God can do. Right. Because that's what, that's why mentoring is so effective is because you're opening yourself up in a space in your life saying, God's done a lot of work in my life. I want like come in, mm-hmm. see what he's done, done in my life because he can do it for you too. Right. And so many times I, I need so often to be reminded that God can still do work in mm-hmm. a work in me mm-hmm. because, and that's what mentorship encourages me. Cause I can look ahead to someone who's far along in age and experience than me and say, God is still working in their life. Mm-hmm. He can work in mine too. I'm not too old. I'm not too far gone. I haven't done anything that he cannot correct. And so it's so comforting. That's why it's so effective. And that's, yes. that's only God's work. Yeah. Like us as humans, we can be inspirational, but we cannot feed the next generation without the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. Doing that work in our life. Yeah. And I think Janice mentioned how much of a blessing it can be. I think that right there is a prime example of just seeing God make beauty from ashes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, yeah, that's absolutely true to be able to, if you're walking with someone and over a period of time to see them come to grips and really accept God's forgiveness to find freedom from shame, to find, um, to be able to put it all in a different context Mm -hmm. than maybe what they had been believing about themselves and Mm -hmm. about what happened or any of that and start to see that God can use my story too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, isn't that really what we all are? You know, we're, we're walking trophies of grace. We are his, we are a testimony to the world about the power of Jesus and what he can do. And, when we don't talk about it, you know, then we're depriving other people. Yeah, yeah we don't share sure. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's like another, like, talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's coming to a place where you're willing to share. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've many times I've, uh, I remember one time journaling and writing down all the th- different things I've been through in my life and saying, God, I'm really tired of being your poster child <laughs> for, for all these issues. And then he just and then he just reminded me, he says, yeah, he says, but you're my trophy of grace because 
you, I've healed you and, and we've mm-hmm. walked through all these things mm-hmm. and now I can use them and bring, you know, some hope maybe to someone else. Yeah. And I mean, it says in scripture that, you know, he takes, he makes beauty out of ashes. And I can't say for this for everyone, but I had a lot of ashes in my life. Yeah. I still do. <laughs> and, but he can take it and, and make beauty out of it. I have this necklace that um, my late husband gave me, and it's called a Mount St. Helens stone. And what they found was that, um, you know, Mount St. Helens, of course, I think it was in the 90s, exploded. Yeah. You know, a big eruption. And um, in the ash, they found these, it looked like glass. Mm-hmm. But what it was is just all the, whatever was the uh, chemical makeup of all the ash and the mm-hmm. rock and all that kind of thing and the extreme heat of the volcano and uh and all that that it melted it all together and so they would they ended up doing is taking the ash and you know and basically doing that in a laboratory and it comes out this beautiful beautiful green stone mm. because of whatever the chemical makeup is and i think that's the same thing for us he takes that's the ashes mm-hmm. he takes our ashes and he makes it into this really beautiful stone mm-hmm. and it's and that's what he can do for anyone mm. but we have to talk about it mm-hmm. we can't be silent we have to talk about it otherwise people just look at you and just say they have oh, have all, together. all together yeah. look at sarah she's just you know super mom and she accepts <laughs> you know all this other and and just has it all together and yeah. everything and you know and janice oh yeah there's nothing Which going further on further emphasizes how isolated and individual our society yeah. is absolutely yeah. we are breaking the norm yeah when we do that, say that as christian women as jesus followers we are breaking the norm mm-hmm. because shaking it up kind of what you were talking about comparison People, you know, we're so afraid because if I am vulnerable or share something, then, oh, my gosh, you know, where are the haters going to come from? And, yeah. you know, all this other kind of thing. And so we're just going to just, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. you no, just we're not to let the haters hate. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. The haters I am going to hate. <laughs> let them hate. Yeah, let them hate. <laughs> I am not, you know, I am not fine a lot of the times, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And, um, and it's good to be able to say that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we don't want to set unrealistic expectations for mm-hmm. the younger generation. And all of the benefits of this type of relationship with somebody carry on, not just, mm-hmm. you know, You're through right. your kids and your kids' kids. And, and they it shapes you and it it's changes a ripple. you. It's yeah. a ripple effect, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I will say one thing to that, and, like, we'll wrap up really soon, but um, we always, you said mentioned, you had mentioned blessing mm-hmm. and I just love it when along the way God gives us these glimpses and allows us to feel loved. And I feel like this uh, past Inspired Conference, and I think I told everybody that Marianne um, was my mentor in high school. I was in high school, and she had, she was a newlywed. She didn't have kids yet. Um, she would just let me come hang out on her couch and, like, talk to her about my boyfriend stuff and like talk to her about all the, like how my mom was crazy and all this stuff. She just listened. She gave her two cents. She mm-hmm. prayed for me. She let me do that for a good three or four years. And then, um, like through college she moved and I moved out kind of by her, like my college was kind of out. And so I went over there fewer, a little bit more sparse. Um, but she was just a huge, huge part of my faith journey. And then, um, 
Molly, who we also had come in last conference, which both of them will be here again. Mm -hmm. Molly's going to be leading um, a workshop. Marianne's going to be preaching. Molly mentors Marianne currently, and Molly mentors me currently. And Marianne and I have not connected like for 15 years Mm -hmm. until I recently reached out to her and said, hey, will you come speak at this inspired conference? And to have Marianne and Molly, like that's generational right there. And then I introduced both of them to Sarah and another girl that is coming or that came to the conference and said, these are the girls that I pour into now because you poured into me Mm -hmm. and it was full circle moment. And I was like, only God could be that good. I could never, ever orchestrate that beautiful of design. Mm -hmm. And I, it wasn't like I was hopeful that we'd all be together again, but when it, when we were together, I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is, I mean, like for, for all of us to be seeking God still and yeah. allowing him to use us in ways that are uncomfortable to us is a testimony to what God does, yeah. how he comes through in our stories and mm-hmm. for us. And to think about like the amount of women, like, and I even got to tell Marianne, Inspired was birthed out of you pouring into my life. And to tell Molly, Inspired was birthed out of mm-hmm. a person like you pouring into my life. And this happens all the time. It's not just me. Right. And to say, come t- here and see yeah. what your work has done. You don't even know, like, how many lives that you've touched mm-hmm. through the, the small amount of time that you've set aside to pour into me. So, I mean, like, yeah. the blessings there's a lot in like in, in, in a mentor relationship. It's not like you ever walk away from a gathering or a coffee and think, I hope that I was what I needed to be to them. It's like, oh, God used her to fill me. Mm-hmm. And it's always, you don't expect it mm-hmm. because like they're coming to you to say like, I just want to learn. Like, can mm-hmm. you point me in the right direction or whatever? And then like you walk away and you're like, I think that I was more blessed mm-hmm. out of that interaction right. than you were. Right. So that's just how God uses yeah. mentorship. I, I, while you were talking, I thought about our theme for our mm-hmm. conference, which is tapestry. Mm-hmm. And God takes our lives as women and weaves us together yes. with his story and our stories. And I think mentorship um, mentoring and being mentored is such an amazing, beautiful example of that. Yeah, I agree. Three quick things as we leave. So if you're looking for a mentor right now, ask yourself these three questions. Why do I want this? Mm-hmm. What do I hope to gain from this? And what are my expectations? Mm-hmm. Those are three really good questions before, like maybe you're on the edge and you're thinking like, I don't know if I have time to, I don't know if I really want to dive into that. I don't know if I want to, if someone else to see my life, mm-hmm. maybe ask in, but you kind of have this like desire to want to be known. Ask yourself those questions is mentor, like is seeking out a mentor right for you. And then how do you find a mentor? <laughs> this is, this is very broad. I would say first and foremost, pray mm-hmm. yes. because there were many years that I desired to mentor someone and I didn't because there was just, that there was just nobody mm-hmm. that came across my path. And it wasn't like I was going to go around and be like, do you want to be mentored? Okay, but <laughs> do you I wanna, did do that I to say you. I say it's reverse. <laughs> I think like if you're, if you're in a space where you're like, I desire to be a mentor, pray about it yeah. and say like, mm-hmm. God, if you would have a woman cross my path and because you never know, like being who we are in this mm-hmm. church, like spearheading inspired and having these conversations, we get women 
that can come up to us and ask, like, do you know anybody that wants mm-hmm. to be mentored or yeah. do you know anybody that could mentor me? So there's also some connections that mm-hmm. can happen that way as well. But first and foremost, pray. Second, ask. Yeah. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. Like you said, you literally like made a beeline for me <laughs> across the floor. I was like, oh my gosh, she's coming for me. <laughs> You're like, I don't actually <laughs> know her at all. Uh, would you want to mentor me? Um, on the, on that end, receive or deny. So if you're being asked, you need to pray about it too, because you need to, you need to check your capacity. You need to check your load. You need Mm -hmm. to make sure that your yeses are yeses and your nos are nos. Right. Um, so, but at that moment I said yes, because I had been praying for that to happen in Mm -hmm. my life. So when Mm -hmm. she asked me, I was like, yes, I will. Um, but as a mentor, if you're being asked, then you can say, let me take some time to pray for it and see if that's something that I can do in this season of Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean a no forever if it's a no. And then watch people and observe in different situations. So if you're wondering how to find a mentor, watch them in situations, like follow them on social media. I mean, like that's all, that's a really great way to like get an indicator of where their heart's at. Mm -hmm. Um, follow them and ask them questions like kind of nudge up next to him, like put yourself in the same talking circle as them, Mm -hmm. observe how they live their life, how they parent their kids, how they, you know, are a good student, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I mean like that, I feel like, like I said, I know I'm passionate about mentoring, but I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot of meats there. And Mm -hmm. so if you have any questions, um, just email inspired at the X dot church and we can, get back to you in an email but before we wrap up do you guys like have any like closing thoughts um advice you know encouragements before I came here this wasn't something that I felt like I saw very much Mm -hmm. and that might be because I didn't have eyes to see at that time in my life but um I think it's important to look around at your surroundings and just see you know is this happening around me Mm -hmm. and if it's not either pave the way and get uncomfortable and ask yes. somebody. I was very thankful that I had a, that we wore masks the day that I came <laughs> to see. I was like, oh, I don't really have to be seen, but, but you know, ask somebody. And, um, you know, other than that, you might want to just consider like, what else am I not seeing around me in this place that I'm planted? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, as important as it is to be rooted, you also want to be rooted somewhere that's fruitful. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's good. Yeah. It, it can seem so abnormal and uncommon. I don't think that that's necessarily a good thing. Yeah. yeah. You know. Especially in the church. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you should be seeing lots of mm-hmm. relationships yeah. budding and flourishing and mm-hmm. of all generations, all ethnicities, all types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Um, the thought that came to me is that um, sometimes it also helps to pray and say, God, I want you to use me this way. Mm-hmm. Point someone out. Um, there's been times when I've just uh, invited someone out, let's go out for coffee, mm-hmm. and just gone into it praying and saying, okay, is this, is this somebody, is this something you want to use this way or is this just going to be something where you know hey we'll get together everyone's while for coffee oh yeah that can to- you know, be totally how it starts you know yeah. and and so i i tend to go into it that way so be open to those kinds of things yeah um you know we have a really really big foyer here at our church which i absolutely love and um my thing on a, a sunday morning is i just start walking around saying god who do you want me to talk to mm-hmm who do you want me to interact with? And many times 
in doing that, that's the way I've found some of these, some women that it's like, okay, there's a connection here that God, you want to move forward. Mm -hmm. But, um, so pray about that. I love it that you said, I, Lord, I'm available, please use me. And he, he was looking for available. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Availability. Mm -hmm. Um, Marianne early or like, I guess later on, um, in us being friends and her discipling me, um, she had said something that struck me and she wasn't telling me to do this or she wasn't like commanding me or doing anything about it. But she said something about how God was teaching her the ministry of availability. Mm -hmm. And I have used that phrase so much because Mm -hmm. really what it is, is it's like a, like any spiritual discipline, you're carving out time in your life that says, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. It's for availability with someone. Mm -hmm. And that means like available, like, I need to come over in the middle of the night to be with your kids because you're sick or you're having a baby Mm -hmm. or whatever. That all the way to you need someone to walk with, I'm available. Yeah. And like that might cost me some time, but if I've built it into my schedule and I'm being intentional about it, like that time is, that's God, that's kingdom work right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the ministry of availability being available when someone needs you. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it just, it can be so uncommon anymore. And I would just say like to encourage anybody, just because something biblical is uncommon in our culture doesn't mean that it doesn't need to still be happening. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, yeah, <laughs> that's true in a yeah. lot of ways, <laughs> a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that you joined us. Um, we, we enjoy you sitting at our table every week, week in and week out, listening to these conversations. And we always say this, take some of these things that we're talking about and grab a group of girls mm-hmm. or an, a group of whoever and just have these conversations as well. It builds community. Um, it just is a, a blessing to God to have his name in the center of conversations. Yeah. So we encourage you to do the same. Don't forget to sign up for our conference on May 6th. We'll see you there and we'll see you next week on our next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening today. We hope this episode has inspired you to start a conversation with the women in your life. And we would love to hear from you, your comments, as well as your questions. So email us at inspired at the x.church. And we would love to see you at the Inspired Conference on Saturday, May 6th here at X Church. Registration is open now. You don't want to miss it. Sign up for the conference at www.thex.church forward slash inspired 2023. And don't forget to join us next week for more conversation in another episode of the Inspired Podcast. See you then.